Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome, Welcome back. back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. That was like in tune. That Spot was brilliant. On. Today we've got Tanya Fuller on with us and we are going to discuss vestibular physical therapy. Welcome, Tanya. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome. We will also be reviewing the Lay's Chili Limon. Not quite sure that's the proper pronunciation, but we're going with it. We are going to go with it. Tanya has a master's in PT from Texas Women's University. Holy crap. It's woman's university, by the way. Woman, not Texas women. Texas Women's University. There you go, Texas Women's University. Singular. Woman? Yes, woman's. It's possessive. But it is W-O-M-A-N apostrophe F. There was only one woman. Oh, my God. The rest of them are all women. Yes. I was being more inclusive, I guess. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, she's got over 20 years' experience with neurological injuries and at least 15 with vestibular injuries. Nice. Disorders. Mm-hmm. You've worked in areas such as skilled nursing facilities, home health, hospital systems, and other private practice settings. Where'd you get this from? The, the internet. It's great. Wow. But the reason we have you in today is because you just opened your own clinic, Dynamic Mobility and Balance Center. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you. That's located at 730 West Hampton Avenue, right near the intersection of Santa Fe and Hampton. And you're specializing in dizziness, balance disorders, concussions, multiple sclerosis, stroke, spinal cord injury? I could do spinal cord injury, but I'm not quite set up for severe spinal cord injury. And then uh, other neurological injuries. Mm -hmm. That's quite a handful. Yes, with competencies in vestibular rehabilitation and cervicogenic dizziness. It's fancy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she's good with balance. That's exactly the point. Yeah, so vestibular PT, what's, how do you summarize that quickly for people? What do you, what do you say it, it is? Uh, well, the vestibular system is a balance system that sits behind your inner ear, and its primary job is to keep you upright. It's posture. Posture. And how did you end up getting into vestibular PT? Was this a specialty from, from college, or did you get into it later? No, when I worked in a hospital system many, many years ago, I was in a neurological outpatient clinic and I worked with a lot of traumatic brain injury patients and many of them were dizzy. And at the time, being in the early 2000s, um, a lot of doctors tended to say that it was all medication or blood pressure. And I had a hard time believing that every patient had blood pressure and medication issues. So I started doing a little bit of research and um, found vestibular rehab. So I just started kind of taking a couple of classes and learning more about it, and then went on to get a competency and Does, is so that forth mean that it's so an APTA certified specialty? It is not a certification. It's not a specialty through the APTA because it falls under the neurological clinical okay. specialty. Um, but there is a competency. It is a recognized by the APTA, and um, yeah, so it's a week-long course with labs and practicals and exams and. Have you ever done a week-long course? No. Yeah, yeah me neither. Yeah. Three-day <laughs> course one time. That was the extent of it for me. Yeah, it was like being back work. in school. I think my PT school was a week. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you did get I, it. 30 years ago? That hurt. <laughs> I'm just saying, they've changed the rules a little since then. No, I got it. Yeah. yeah. 
They had just invented the wheel when I became a therapist. I mean, you said it, man, not me. <laughs> uh, with, with vestibular issues, what do people see most? I mean, concussion comes up a lot nowadays, but what's is that the most that we see now, or is there something that everyone recognizes but they don't really know that that's what's going on? So I would say the most common vestibular disorder is what's called benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, or BPPV. Um, the system wow. itself has these crystals that sit within it, and sometimes they come out of place, and they create a lot of positional dizziness. It kind of sounds like voodoo medicine, but it's real. No, what's interesting um, <laughs> is that most, I think most people nowadays have, have, are familiar with the crystals. They don't exactly know how, what, where, or when, and right. they couldn't say the BPVDMP. But, but I think the crystals is a more, yeah, yeah. The, this is a more commonly known problem because I've, I've had patients here i had a patient last week yeah talking about mm -hmm. reoccurring dizziness and it had something to do with his crystals right so that's cool so that is uh, yeah positional dizziness it creates a spinning sensation when you change head positions um and that's probably the most common one uh but yeah you do hear a lot about vestibular stuff through concussion as well there's a whole gamut of vestibular issues that can can come up I mean, we certainly get the vertigo as a secondary symptom here at times. Mm -hmm. and we will send people your way. Thanks for taking care of them. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you for sending them. Absolutely. There's, there's always some difficulty in treating that in the clinic here because people are very f terrified of having their symptoms uh, reoccur. Mm -hmm. And so the other problem is, is that uh, sometimes there's some vomit involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't do vomit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the general take. Vomit is a problem. Yeah. And so that, that's on the list the short list of things I don't do. No. Yeah. Well. Vomit. I don't glove up. No coccyx mobs, no TMJ mobs. And vomit. That would probably be it. That's the extent of it. I think I would go along with the coccyx mobs, but not anything else. I'm fine with vomit. That's well, good. You, do you, does that happen? Uh yeah. Yeah. I always say it's a good day when someone throws up. <laughs> wow. And generally, I mean, that's something that's treatable within a few visits or as, as few as one visit in a lot of cases. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, if you're going to have a vestibular problem, it's one of the best to have because it's easily treatable. It can be treated in one visit. Sometimes it does take more. Um, it depends on the complexity of it. There are a lot of different areas it can be in different types. Um, and so, but yeah, yeah, you, it's a pretty easy test to determine where the crystals are and then you just treat from there. And there's things they can do at home, right? So if the symptoms reoccur, is there a positional, like a release technique or a... There are exercises that you can do at home, but you just have to be really well educated on how to do them properly. So there is the possibility of moving crystals from one canal to another if you do it incorrectly. So, so looking it up online is probably not a good way. Not to, a good way to do yeah. it. Yeah, just like anything just, else. Right. You don't know where the crystals are located, and so if you try to do it and you do it incorrectly, you can potentially make yourself worse. Don't flock to Web PT or Web MD or Web Dizzy. Dr. Google com. is, is the, de the general definition. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Go see a specialist. That's why we have them. Because you either have cancer or a cold. Those are the general Dr. Or nowadays, Google. Corona. Right. Corona. Coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mm -hmm. sound fun. With vertigo, we get a lot of 
fun terminology, nystagmus, and we do Dick's Hall Pikes, and we do Apley Maneuvers. What does that all mean? Dick's Hall Pikes sounds like a gymnastics move. Well, it kind of is, just with your head. Okay. Mm-hmm. Head gymnastics. Head gymnastics, yep. So nystagmus is what you typically see if you have positional dizziness. So that's what we're looking for in BPPV, for example. And the direction of your nystagmus will tell the treating therapist where the crystals are located. So So what's a nystagmus? So it's a rhythmic eye movement. So it's a beating of the eyes in a particular direction. Okay. It's a fast component, a slow component. That's what creates the spinning is that the eyes are beating and the room moves because of that. So, and the Dick's Hall Pike is one of the tests that you can do to assess. There are others to also assess different canals. And, um, it's like going to Venice. But yeah, yeah, that's one particular We have canals coming up later today. Yeah, I hope you triple verified this one because I already got some uh, complaints. There can't be complaints. Oh, and then uh, the Epley maneuver. Epley maneuver is a is a treatment. Um, it's more frequently called the canalith repositioning maneuver these days. Now we know why they call it Epley's. Because you can't say Epley, you can't call it the Epley maneuver if you don't use vibration per Doctor Epley. So was he the same Epley that did the meniscus test? Or you think it was a different Epley? It's not Epley. It's Epley. It's an E. Oh. Yes. So it's a different yeah. one. It's the intricacies of the English language. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pronunciation is not a strong suit of mine. Or me. So. Apley. Apley. There you go. Not Apley. Yeah. See, if you go to the south, you can really hear it. Apley. Apley. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, if you didn't know it yet, Tanya's from the south. Like the real south. Not like the fake south, but like the real south. The real South. Yeah, like Texas. Like real Texas. Yeah, not like Missouri or Kentucky South. That's not real South. That's East. Missouri's East? From here. I guess, isn't the Mississippi the delineating line on that? On, on South or, or East? No, East and West? Yeah, with Missouri. Doesn't matter. You pick a river. Okay. Uh, traumatic brain injury. So yes. when we think that, we always think big issues like strokes and brain tumors and Parkinson's disease, but it's more encompassing than that, isn't it? Yes. Nice leading question. I know, I know. So technically a concussion is a traumatic brain injury. Yes. I detect a butt. It's coming. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's some research that says there is a difference between the terms concussion and traumatic brain injury. So... Explain. Traumatic brain injury, it, it truly does suggest that there is some damage, you know, some kind of damage to the brain, whereas a concussion is strictly a chemical issue. Um, so it just depends on what you read in the research. But yes, they tend to be used interchangeably. Mild traumatic brain injury and concussion okay. are, are used interchangeably for the most part. And it is not, there's no structural damage, so all scans, everything else that you see are normal. But there is a series of chemical reactions that, that cause some metabolism issues and um, just basically a reduction in energy of the brain, which creates the symptoms of fatigue and 
fogginess and cognitive, and then there can also be vestibular, visual, other issues that go along with it. So you've recently been doing more impact testing, which is a assessment slash measurement tool for concussions. Uh, are you liking that? Well, I don't do the impact testing. Oh, you don't? Okay. No. <laughs> there are doctors that have done the impact testing, and then I get the results, and then I can treat based on that. I am an impact-trained physical therapist, however. Aha. I have had training through the impact program. Now the monkey comes out of the sleeve. Yeah, there it is. So I understand the impact test, and I know what the results mean if they, are, if they come in. Mm-hmm. I'm clueless. What's an impact test? It's a neurocognitive test that is they it? give a lot of, they, they, sometimes they'll give it in schools, sometimes in, in the colleges they do it, they do a baseline test. But so it's, it's like a, the pre and the post. Yeah, so if you get a concussion, concussion you take test. it again, okay. and it can suggest where the areas are and if you are actually concussed. Yeah. I mean, do they have an official definition of concussion now then? Well, oh, it's a, it's a neurocascade problem of the brain of, you know, I don't know the best way to define it, but yes, it's a, it's a chemical react, it's a chemical change in the brain. I have to go back and look at the definition of it per se, but I'm pretty sure there we, is we believe you. a definition somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now, what is your, your favorite, maybe that's not the right word, but most rewarding injury to treat, the one that you feel improves the most or makes the biggest change in day-to-day life? Well, BPPV is is fun because you see almost immediate results with that. And so I really enjoy that. And because I, I mean, I've seen people who were impaired for three months and couldn't walk and, you know, I did a treatment on them and they got up and walked out of the clinic. That's got to be pretty I, cool. That's got to be yeah. pretty, not, not just impactful, but also pretty self-rewarding. Yeah. I mean, she was screaming, make, praise God, praise make, God, after I treated kind of her. an impact, that's awesome. <laughs> and I said, thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's great. But, uh, but yeah, so that one's, that's probably my favorite thing to treat because you do see some immediate results. But, I mean, I love neurological injuries. When I, was, when I got out of PT school, I was all about sports injuries, and I, I wanted to work and, you know, a sports clinic and everything else and I just kind of fell into an or a neuro clinic and I did it to get into this hospital system because they had a big sports orthopedic uh, clinic and I fell in love with neuro so I, we saw all sorts of crazy things at that clinic um, and it was great there's a lot of variety in it not everything looks the same there aren't protocols per se, for, for many of these injuries. And so you get to use creativity and things like that. And I think that's what I enjoy about the neuro and vestibular population. What's interesting is when I when I went to school, so like a long time ago. More than 30 years, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, neuro wasn't even invented yet. Um, yeah. but, but you were very distinctly either an orthopedic physical therapist or a neurophysical therapist. I mean, those are almost like two different jobs. And I think over time we've started to realize that you know, there's a blend, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even in certain sports injuries, you can deal with neurological issues or neurological predisposement. Do you find that there's there's some ortho in your 
neuro patients or? Well, certainly, yeah. Um, I, you know, neck injuries are right. a big okay. one. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Obviously, with concussion, you've got dizziness, you've got visual issues, which are more neuro, and then the neck injuries that come along with it as well. And, and yeah, it's really hard to determine, is it vestibular, is it visual, is it cervical? And so you really do have to kind of treat it all in order to, to uh, improve the overall outcome of the person. But at the same time, you know, when, you, when you're working with strokes, there's shoulder problems that come along with that. You know, there's back issues. A lot of people get pain because they're sitting improperly in wheelchairs with MS. You know, so there's a lot of different things that, yeah, yeah. you absolutely do see ortho problems that occur in neuro. I just don't, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little pet peeve of mine, and apparently I'm, I'm finding out that I have a ton of them, but that, that, that people still are, are leaning towards qualifying PT as either ortho or neuro, whereas right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a blend always. It's not, you can't just be one or the other. You always have to keep both in mind when you're treating. Yeah. So. You know, and I think, though, we all feel comfortable with one area uh, or, you know, things like that. If it, somebody came to me with a complex, complex ankle injury, I probably wouldn't be the best person to treat it, you know. You're a balance so, expert. So I am. I could treat it. You'd be fine. So you'd be, you'd be better treating an ankle than I would be treating one of your BPB feed, <laughs> the um, Bowling for Crystals patient. You're probably right. Probably. <laughs> let's, let's stick with that. Probably right. Uh, one of the big things where I was working on here orthopedically is, is injury prevention and uh, the ability to minimize, you know, issues once they pop up. Is there something that people can do to prep their vestibular system before they have an issue or, you know, exercises in that direction? Not really. I mean, you can do balance exercises, which I think, you know, our society is not as good at working balance as they are just pure strengthening and cardio. And so certainly doing balance exercises, if you want to work the vestibular system, you do balance on uneven surfaces. So, you know, even if you went trail running, you're on an uneven surface, so you tend to work your vestibular a little bit more hiking. Um, so doing things like that for sure, but you know, a lot of vestibular problems just occur a lot of times by aging. Mm -hmm. Um, because our vestibular system is an organ just like our heart and our lungs and things like that and there's some degenerative processes that can occur over time and so um, but yeah if your balance is good you certainly walk into a situation better prepared for the injury and recovery absolutely and that's probably one of the things that we've been dealing with over the last five ten years is addressing balance especially in the elderly yep. to, to prevent falls but also other issues um, maybe even memory wise yep. to improve balance and it's yeah it's the number one cause of traumatic brain in injury in the elderly is falls yep so yeah definite area that needs to be addressed and it's not like when you go to the gym that if you wear your muscle shirt and then start working on balance you don't really see that you're good at balance when you're working out with big weights, you see that you're really good at that. So mm -hmm. it's not, right. an, not an immediate reward. Right. They should have balance shirts. And it doesn't, you know, I think the thing that people believe that if, if I have, you know, if I'm good at balance, I can stand on a ball on one foot or, you know, I can, uh, you know, these crazy things that you might see on the internet. 
of people doing balance activities that seem impossible. I mean, balance is, it's not that, you know, it's being able to just keep yourself upright when you can't see. So getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, you know, That's and it's classic, dark right? or yep. power goes out and you have to find your way to the flashlight or the candles or whatever. Those are the areas that, yeah, tend to be the worst. But that's that's the kind of balance that I would work on. Yeah, that makes sense. I read an article this week about golfers, and this was a kind of across the lifespan. But they had golfers stand on one foot and then close their eyes, and 80% of them couldn't stand for 25 seconds without putting their foot down. Hmm. And so these are individuals who you'd think would have, you know, reasonable athleticism and reasonable you know, strength, but they still struggle with uh, the balance component, particularly when you take the visual system away. And so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, our visual system only makes up, depending on the surface that you're standing on, it only makes up 10 to 30% of your balance. It doesn't actually provide any internal information for you. It strictly gives you external information. So I can tell that I'm upright because I can compare myself to my environment and see that I'm vertical. If I take that away, then I have to rely on those internal systems, which is primarily the vestibular system that tells you you're upright when you can't see. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of, uh, we tend to overutilize our vision, even though it doesn't provide us with that much. And so doing balance exercises with your eyes closed is actually more challenging and more beneficial in the long run. So in that case, yeah, I mean, they probably don't ever work on balance with their eyes closed. Harder to see the ball. It's, it is. It's hard enough for me to see the ball and hit it without closing my eyes. When it's sitting on a four-inch yeah. tee, you still can't seem to hit yeah. it. Maybe yeah. if you close your eyes, you'd be better. Probably not. No. <laughs> Do you have any other messages for everybody about vestibular that you want people to know? Oh, that's a big question. While you're thinking about that, maybe I can pitch one. Yeah. Okay, so if you have problems with balance or with dizziness or um, think that you might have a you know a balance issue that needs to be addressed remember that Colorado is a direct access state so you can call Tanya directly you don't have to go see a doctor first you don't have to go see a specialist go see her and you know since she's so skilled in assessing these things if there's a serious problem she'll send you back to a physician but a lot of times I think people forget that Colorado is a direct access state meaning you know, go to the people that know what they're doing. And in this case, if you have a vestibular problem or if you have a concussion issue that's kind of lingering and you want to have it checked out, go call her. Thank you. You're welcome. To answer your question, I think one of the most interesting things is that you don't have to have dizziness to have a vestibular problem. Mm -hmm. It could just be balance. And, you know, it could be a combination of visual and vestibular issues that, that are creating balance problems. You don't have to have spinning dizziness to, to have vestibular problems. You could feel lightheaded. You could feel heavy-headed. You could feel foggy. There's a lot of different, most people that don't have BPPV come in and say, I just feel off. I don't feel right. Um, and so a lot of that is what's called vestibular hypofunction. You can have intermittent dizziness, which could be migraines. Um, and you, with vestibular migraines, you don't have pain what you have is this intermittent dizziness. Um, so you don't usually have the headache. You know, it could be pressure fluctuations in the atmosphere that create problems. And so there's a lot of different aspects of vestibular rehab that don't necessarily mean I have to have vertigo 
or I have to be falling over. Nice. Yep. All righty. I think we're going to go to trivia time. Woohoo! So last week's trivia, which country is home to the longest canal in the world? There's that canal again. Yeah. Venice, wasn't it? Not a country. Nope. Not a... It used to be. Italy would potentially be an answer, but the answer is China. There's the Beijing Hangzhou Grand Canal that is 1,104 miles long. Wow. It's a long canal. That oh, what, what's the difference between a canal and a river? Just for those who were tossing in the Mississippi and... This is, this is man-connected, man so they're not naturally occurring canals. So it's be hand and or machine dug. Yes. So the uh, Grand Canal was first connected in, uh, in between 581 and 618 A.D. by the Sioux Dynasty. Hmm. The Sioux were all the way in China? I think a different kind of Sioux. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. S-U-I. There you go. Who knew? Not like the chefs. No. Uh, no, no correct answers this week. Yeah, there was. Didn't, didn't T.J. have the... Uh, I think T.J. Uh, TJ, TJ said, you got to be quicker, dude. TJ said China. Yeah, pretty sure. Huh. Yeah. Aiden, huh. Aiden said Hong Kong. I told him, I can guarantee you that the one that we have is bigger than the one in Hong Kong, considering the country is no more than five miles long. That uh, sort of isn't a country sometimes, but it is, but it yeah. isn't. But it, uh, I was thinking Suez Canal. Suez. Hmm. I mean, Panama. I don't always get to see the one. answers. Panama, uh, Panama Canal is not that long. The Suez Canal is not that long, is it? It isn't. Well, but you're, I've the, never been. The, the, the distinction is, is the canal is the whole connection, even though it goes to the lake. When you think about a lock, the lock is not that big. That's part of a canal. That's the trick there. That's why he gets the big money. That's, I guess so. That's how you get 1,104 miles. He's the king of trivia. Mm. Anyway, yeah, this week's question. What was the first toy to be advertised on American television? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Tanya knows. She's going to tell us as soon as we're done. Tanya. Okay. <laughs> All right. After we're done. We don't All want to give any hints. Chip time. We've got the Lay's Chili Limon. This has a chip to air ratio of 50%. Citrusy. That's not even a word. No. It is. It's on the bag. It must be a word. Well, it's misspelled. It should have two S's. I don't even know. You're up first, Tanya. Oh. Go. This is the best part. The best part. I grabbed two. Oh. It is citrusy. It is. It's uh, more limony. You can really taste the lime. You definitely can taste lime. Um, and the, it's chili. Ooh. And then I'm, there's the kick at the yeah. end. I'm not getting any chili. I'm not getting any Did chili. Did I have like, no? the wrong one? I, I got a kick at the end right at the back of my throat. I mean, standards lays chip. Yeah. It's underwhelming the chip itself. Mm. Chili, chili lime flavor is good. Or lemon well, flavor is good. <clears throat> you guys eat that, I'll just eat from the bag. Okay. This is um, the problem with Lay's, right? The oh. chip. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know if they use inferior potatoes or. It's underwhelming. Um, maybe we're just spoiled with kettle chips, but. Yeah. They're they, super thin. Yeah, they mm -hmm. need to be twice as big. There's just a subtle hint of chili for me, but I don't get it. I'm not getting oh, a lot. I get a lot. I get a spice. Maybe I'm getting, I'm getting, getting a, more chili. Maybe, than maybe I'm getting a cold. Yeah. They're not like the mango habanero. Maybe no, but those were, those were habanero, too. No, then it would have the chili. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. the Corona, right? They're pretty good. I like them. All right. Well, you get to um, one thumb, two thumbs, three thumbs up or down. Mm. I give it two thumbs up. Whoa, whoa. Two thumbs up. I'm giving it just one thumbs up. Can we still institute the Ian rule or not? You no. Can, we can institute the Ian rule at any point in time. The Ian rule is a, is a flat thumb. Is, is, uh, a, is a no thumb situation. Yeah, no thumb situation. That's a check. No, check I'm going to give it one thumb. That. Yeah, because it, it does have it does That's have well. um, it does have some some flavor. Yeah, the flavor's good. I give it the flavor. Um, it's between one and three thumbs. Yeah, up or down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, one thumb for me as well. Mm. Up, not down. They don't know good chips. Uh, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the good thing: you get to take the whole bag home. Oh, goody for me. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. Thank you, Tanya, for coming in. Thank, Thank you for you inviting very, me. Very, very much for coming in. If you want to look up Tanya, she's all over the place. You can give her a call, 720-647-3456. Genius phone number. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. You can also email her at info at dynamicmobilitypt.com. Her website is dynamicmobilitypt.com. Her Facebook is Dynamic Mobility PT. Yep. No.com. And her Instagram is Dynamic Mobility PT. It's hard not to find me. So Go find her. But if you forget for some odd reason, you'll find her um, on our information. Christian yep. will send it all out. We're going to post it on everything, all the contact information. She's uh, just over basically Santa Fe and Hampton, so not super far from here. It's kind of nice and centrally located, easy to get to. Everything mm -hmm. kind yep. of feeds towards Hampton, Absolutely. so distance should not be an issue. No. Agreed. And if it is, get an Uber. And uh, we absolutely send people her way, so she is fantastic. Definitely go see her if you're struggling with vestibular issues. Or, or like balance. Or, or balance. concussion. Or, yeah. or neuro injuries. We fit it all under the same thing. Yep. Yes. Yes, yeah. and there's here. ample parking. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Make I don't know it what e that is, ample parking. Is it like parking in front and parking in the back? I think it's ample. parking everywhere. Oh. There's parking all over. Maybe we have ample parking. We do. You do have ample we parking. We do. Yeah. All right, next week we're going to go over patella fractures, which is really just patella fracture types and such. And then we're going to review the Kettle New York Cheddar Chip. Courtesy of? Karen. Karen's really gotten into the chip. She's chip. really getting us a yeah. lot of chips lately. I think she's trying to fatten me up. Well, you know. Maybe you need the thinner chip. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you like the show today, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you want more information about this topic, follow us on Instagram and our Twitter this week. Definitely go check out dynamicmobilitypt.com. And if you need to see stuff about Rebound, just go to our website. You know where to find us. We're pretty straightforward. Tanya, again, thank you so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. Thank you. He's Christian. That was Jimmer. I'm Tanya. Thanks for listening. <laughs>